Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It's one o'clock. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Amen. Isn't God good? Yes. Let's open with a word of prayer, then I want to share a few scriptures uh, of instruction. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for this week that we have been able to draw together and to sit at your feet and to be instructed on prayer and supplication, intercession and giving of thanks, to yield ourselves and to learn how to yield ourselves to you, to be used by you in effective, victorious, intercessory prayer. I bless you and I honor you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to go just a short, short, short way of a different direction, I guess, or a different direction in a short manner. In Ephesians chapter 1, we have recorded here a prayer of the Apostle Paul. Now, this is a New Testament prayer. We have the book of Psalms, which a lot of times people think of as a song book, because in many cases we sing the book of Psalms. There's a lot of wonderful songs that have come out of it. But actually the book of Psalms is a prayer book. In fact, I think at the end of the portion that's written by David, it says exactly that. This is the end of his prayers. Um, and so prayers that were written down and recorded as inspired by the Holy Spirit can easily be picked up by us and prayed again and again and again. Or even used, dare I say, as a template. How many of you know what a template is? If you have a template, you can, you can uh, massage it a little bit so that it applies to the situation more precisely. I really want to encourage you in this session today and, and, and throughout the afternoon to keep the Word of God a priority in your prayer life. We made mention earlier, and I don't think we need to belabor the point, but intercession is an area in church life where people get off into extremes. Historically, we've seen it. And, and so there's a couple ways you can deal with extremes is you can correct each problem as it arises one by one, you know, sort of like whacking groundhogs on the head with a stick. Well, um, I'm not going to say don't do that. If you see someone that's into error, you know, you want to approach them in a spirit of love. And, and, and minister to them. Amen. I'm, I'm, I'm all of the opinion. If I have bad breath, I want someone to tell me. You know, if, if I've offended someone, I want them to tell me. Especially, I hate finding out later that someone's been offended at me and I didn't know. You know, time went by. It makes you feel bad. I'd rather they just come up and say, what's wrong with you, Armstrong? Give me an opportunity to, to clear the situation, right? Well, in the same way, okay, so, you see someone in an excess in intercession, uh, 
if, if, you've, if you've got right of access into their life and some respect and you can do it in a manner of love, well, certainly. Sometimes you just do it with a question. Now, the reality is, because the pendulum has swung so far, we've had an absence of heavy intercession. So probably three-fourths of you have never seen the errors of intercession because we haven't seen intercession. But I know back in the 80s, intercession was a hot topic. And it was taught a lot, and thank God for it. But there were always those people who wanted to draw attention to themselves, so they would intercede in public, and there'd be a meeting going on. I know many times I'd be preaching, and someone would get a spirit of intercession upon them, and they'd start groaning and moaning and rocking in their seat louder than I was preaching. And, and, and then blame it on the Holy Spirit. Well, I do believe it may have been the Holy Spirit. The problem is, it's not hard to get up, excuse yourself, and go to a private place and, and allow the Spirit of God to move, right? Again, as I've talked about in a couple of the meetings, cherish the intimacy you have with the Holy Spirit, you know? I don't think the Holy Spirit's really up for PDAs. Y'all know what a PDA is? Karen doesn't know marketing and she doesn't know what a PDA is. Anyone want to explain what a PDA is? Huh? Public display of affection. Hey, that's why we're here is to learn, right? <laughs> Only that's not in the Bible. Yeah, you know, you go to a Christian school and uh, a boy sits next to a girl, that's one thing, but him holding her hand is another, right? No PDAs, you know. Well, well, now, now let's just be honest. Does, does that help the, the class to not have PDAs? Does that maintain respect? Does that, does that encourage education and the purpose of why you have that classroom together? Well, absolutely. Well, the, the Holy Spirit, I think, is, is going to be in no sense any different in, in that, yeah, He wants intimacy with you, but at the right time and in the right place. That's why I, I wanted, pointedly made and gave examples when the Spirit of God would come on me, I would, I would get to a private place to pray. There's a great story of... Uh, a guy named Daniel Nash, who was a prayer warrior with Charles Finney. And uh, Daniel Nash, they called him Father Nash. He was, he was an elderly man, but he uh, ended up being a partner with Charles Finney supernaturally. It wasn't pre-programmed. They weren't even friends. But as this revival was sweeping across New York, God would tell Nash to go to this city to pray. And he'd go there for two or three weeks just to pray, not preach. And then Finney would show up. Well, after that happened a few times, and they did know each other. In fact, when they first met, Finney didn't like him. And uh, they began to realize that God was doing something. How many of you know relationships by the Spirit are powerful? But on one occasion, you know, I, I, I know uh, Finney, or not Finney, Nash, didn't have a place to pray privately. So he went out into the forest and found a hollow log. 
crawled up into a hollow log to pray and groan. Why? So, so people wouldn't see him or so people wouldn't hear him. You know, it seems to me then there was something in his motivation to, to, to have a secret or to hide a little bit, right? So I liked that about him. He wasn't out in the main street. Didn't Jesus even talk about that in Matthew? Didn't he say something about don't blow your trumpet and don't, don't pray in front of people to be seen of men? It's nothing new, is it? And so when you have intercession excess, we had a lot of that and people would, would, uh, interrupt meetings and so on and so forth. And, and, uh, somebody said, well, isn't, is that the Holy Ghost? Well, if it is, yeah, I, I think it probably is the Holy Ghost in most cases. But then how do you operate or how do you walk in that kind of power? And are you going to guard it? Are you going to respect it? Are you going to get out of the room? And close the door somewhere. And you might say, well, where would I go? Like in our church. Well, you, you came here in a car. Cars are quiet. You know, that, that's one thing, you know. Um, there's all, there's always a, a way. Um, but then it also, because of that, became common for those manifestations. Back, a little bit of history lesson. Because I'd expect it probably will be happening again in, in the next couple years you'll see an emphasis on intercession. One of the reasons is we need it so much. And uh, so then uh, it became so common, these manifestations became so common, people start to push for it. They want to see it. All right? Well, there's a little bit of a, a, a balance situation there. I want, I want what God wants. I don't want the manifestation I want. And, and so when you push, you end up getting over in the flesh. They would even have what they call birthing meetings. And they'd have a prayer meeting with 15 or 20 people. And they'd say, well, Karen's going to be the birther. And, and they'd put her in the center and everybody lay hands on her and ask the Holy Spirit to focus on her. And she'd start to yell and wheel and squeal and, and moan and groan. And, and this is supposed to be super powerful. And those got real popular. And, you know, people can be really dumb. And they follow a fad. Right about that same time, there was some of them that, that because they were doing war against the principalities and powers in heavenly places, would actually charter small planes so they could go up, up into the heavenlies to intercede. <laughs> and and it's it's just... You know, I, I think somebody said, well, the Lord told me to do it. All right, if the Lord told you to do it, but you can't make a doctrine out of it. And you don't go spreading it around like God told everybody to do it. And, and if, if you know, God's hard of hearing and you got to get way up there for him to hear you, we could, we could turn the microphone up on this thing when I pray. Right? Amen? But see, there's as many excesses as we could be here all day long. And you've just got to realize that the excess doesn't make the reality any any less real. Sometimes I think some of us have had experience, maybe more than with more than with intercession, in the realm of being slain in the spirit. Anybody in here ever saw somebody slain in the spirit? So you know what I'm talking about. Well, again, back in the '80s, '70s, '80s, early '90s, well, that was a fad. Uh, 
it got to the point, I remember going to one particular quote-unquote revival near an airport uh, where, where you, you didn't get anything from God if you didn't fall down. And, it, and, and, and that, that was the prevailing idea in the, in the congregation. Now, uh, is it powerful when someone's slain in the Spirit? Absolutely. I've been slain in the Spirit. I've seen, I don't know, multiplied thousands of people slain in the Spirit. I'm not against being slain in the Spirit. I'm against the flesh when it comes in and tries to make a circus out of what God wants to do with reality. Amen. See, when you seek for the manifestations, at some degree you stopped seeking Him. But if you seek Him, well, there'll be no end of manifestations. Amen? And uh, thank God when the anointing moves and people fall out under the power, you know, we had, I remember back in Titusville, we had a young college student. He was in a Christian college. He was born again, but he wasn't spirit-filled. He was writing a paper on the fallacy of, of the Pentecostals and being slain in the spirit. His mom told me about it. His mom was spirit-filled. He wasn't, and he was trying to fight back in the family. So he was, he was writing this article, essay in his Christian school. So he came to our church to get information. So he came forward. I laid hands on him, and he went down under the power. Well, he didn't know I knew about it. So I just, I mean, when he fell out under the power, I just lost it. I thought that's the funniest thing on the planet. So I just started kicking the bottom of the heels of his shoes, saying, right about that one. <laughs> Kick him in, right about that, you know. <laughs> I don't think he heard me. He was slain in the spirit. <laughs> See, one time, I just shared that, I think, was that with Pat and Lynn? Only one time in my whole ministry, I laid hands on a baby. It was at uh, Grace Fellowship when Scott was pastoring. I don't remember who it was, but they brought this baby up for prayer. And he was all squalling and squirming. and had, He was sick, or her, I don't even remember. And the only time it ever happened in my whole ministry, laid hands on that baby, and the baby was slain in the spirit in mama's arms. I mean, it was just so obvious. It was just, wow. Well, you, you know, that was powerful, but you don't make that the standard. You mean if you pray for a baby and he's not slain in the Spirit, he didn't get anything? You, you can't do that, right? And so we could spend all day knocking these errors and excesses on the head with a stick, but there's another way. And I think it's a better way. And, and that is, let's stay, let's stay with the priority on the Word of God. See, if you've got a priority on the Word of God, next, next week there's going to be a new extreme or a new fad. It won't be flying planes up in the, in the air. It'll be, you know, praying upside down. Or it, somebody will think of something that nobody's done before so they can become famous for doing something that's never been done before. Amen. And eventually you ought to get tired of it. And... Uh, but in the Word, if we stick with the Word, it'll give you some discrimination. And in all honesty, there's two ways, in my opinion, to pray by the Spirit. One is to pray in other tongues, and one is to pray the Word of God. Because when you pray the Word of God, that is the sword of the Spirit. As, I, as I've rankled more than one feather, and several theologians don't like me, 
I've been very bold that the word of God is not the sword of the spirit. If you read Ephesians 6, it's the word of God is the, the sword of the spirit is the word of God praying. And Jesus in Revelations 1 has a sword coming out of his mouth. It's not in a scabbard on his hip. When that word comes out your mouth, that's the sword of the spirit. When Jesus spoke the word to the devil, it is written, that's the sword of the spirit. That thing on that podium right there is not the sword of the spirit. It's a, it's a bag of seeds. Right, right there as it is, it's a bag of seeds. And, and, and there's a lot of different analogies to the Word of God. Right now, it's, it's, it's in its seed form. If I pour myself in, into this and read it, there's another analogy. It's a mirror. Did you know the Word of God's a mirror? So when you... When you look in a mirror, you don't see the face of Jesus. You don't get up in the morning and look in the mirror and see Bob's face. If you do, the, if you do, we'll all hear you scream. Right? <laughs> It'd be like some Disney movie. You know what happened? But no, what, what, do you, who, what do you see when you look in a mirror? You see your face. So when you read the Bible and the mirror of God's Word is, is there in front of you, do you see yourself in the Word of God? So we have all these different analogies of the Word of God, and one of them is a sword. But that's when the Word comes out of your mouth. Now, for the Word to come out of your mouth and cut, you're lifting God's Word and what He's already said and what's been recorded, which is called Logos, L-O-G-O-S, the, the written Word of God, and, and it's, it's in, in infallible. It's inspired by the Holy Spirit. It's been recorded. For example, my God shall supply all your needs. That's God's word. Sitting over there, it's a seed. But when you speak it, it becomes something applied, something cutting, sharper than any two-edged sword. It becomes a sword in the Spirit. The sword of the Spirit, right? So when you pray in tongues... Eshalamahaseto. How is that any different than praying, my God shall supply all of Bob's needs? See, see, I'm using the eternal word of God as, a, as, as, as power in the realm of the spirit. There's two ways to pray in the spirit. One is by tongues and one is by the word of God. And if you'll balance your life with both of them, I'm telling you, you'll, you'll keep yourselves out of extremes and, and oddities. You don't need all these new things. If anything, you need to go back to some of the old things and, and find out what, uh, what's been recorded. Well, here in Ephesians 1, we have a New Testament prayer. And that's important because as Revelation has, has, has progressed from Adam to, to John on the Isle of Patmos and maps. I don't, I guess maps aren't inspired, are they? But, but as, as you, as you realize, the revelation of God increased to man. Amen? And prayers that Abraham prayed or Moses prayed or David prayed are not prayed in light of the new covenant. And then you go into the gospels and this is where Sometimes we get even a little bit more uh, a need for adjustment. It's a little bit harder 
because we're so focused on who Jesus is now, we think the Jesus of today is the Jesus of the Gospels. But he was not glorified. He was not raised from the dead. The Holy Spirit had not been poured out. His name, the name of Jesus, had not yet been given to him. Did you know the name of Jesus was conferred upon him after he was raised from the dead? He was given the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Well, that's why when we read the Lord's Prayer, it's not a New Testament prayer. It's an Old Testament prayer. Now, it's still a prayer, and it's still the Word of God, but I want you to recognize it needs to be uh, 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 adapted, I guess would be the word. You don't change it, but you place it in its context. For example, here's the simplest example. In the Lord's Prayer, it doesn't close with the name of Jesus. But yet Jesus instructed us in that day, talking about our day, we're not going to talk or ask of Jesus anything. We're going to ask the Father in his name, and he'll give it to us. So in, in, in the Lord's Prayer, we say, Our Father, which art in heaven. All right? And we quote it. And I don't know about you, some of you have been in religious backgrounds, some more than others. I know in our Methodist church, we always said the doxology in the Lord's Prayer. Every service. So I guess some Methodist churches aren't as liturgical as, as others. I suppose in the Catholic church, you say the Lord's Prayer pretty often. Every, every Mass or every service. Uh, you know, I don't know other different denominations. But nowhere when we quote the Lord's Prayer did we ever close it in the name of Jesus. You say, well, is that important at all? Well, Jesus seemed to think it was important. He seemed to think it was important. So, so when we get into New Testament praying, all I want you to see is, is here we have some prayers, uh, several prayers by the Apostle Paul, two that you find in Ephesians, that you can just pull these prayers out and, uh, and pray them. And, and I learned this from Kenneth Hagin and Gene Olin. Just insert somebody's name into it or use or pray them personalized for yourself. See, Paul was praying in verse 17, Ephesians 1, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Well, there's just a phrase in that prayer. Have you ever prayed that for yourself? Hundreds of times is how, is how I pray. Somebody said, well, what do you pray when you pray in English? Most of the time, I, tr I try to just simply pray scripture as it applies to my situation. Lord, open my eyes that I may behold wonderful things out of your law. Just pull that right out of the book of Psalms. I'm praying in English, sure, but I'm praying scripture. And I want to pray scripturally. So when I, when I pray and I'll, and I'll interlace my prayers with verses and with scriptures, I always make sure I'm approaching the Father and I pray in the name of Jesus, in his authority. Amen? S simple enough to follow. So I know it, in, 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 it's really good to take this verse from 17 down to 20, uh, uh, 23 and recognize what were the requests that Paul was asking. Verse 18, he goes on, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling 
and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints is, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power. Now here's all, here's all I'm, I'm saying. And again, I learned this from Kenneth Hagin and Gene Olin. <laughs> and uh, one time Gene sat with me uh, uh, and, and, and took this verse and very carefully prayed for me and put my name in every one of these verses. Now he just turned it around. He says, now you pray for me. And made me pray the prayer right back, put my hand on his head and prayed the prayer right back. But instead of saying you, I said for Gene. Give Gene the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Now, now when you do that, you're taking your first step into intercession because you're not praying for yourself. Some, some of you ladies want to see your husbands get on fire. Here's a great place to start. Because what is it about being on fire? You see things you never saw before. Don't you remember when you read? Let me just, just ask you a simple question. Have you ever read the Bible and you saw something you never saw before and you just jumped up and ran around the house because you were so excited at what you saw? Some of you are nodding. Nobody's raising your hand. I guess you're sleeping today. You know what I'm talking about? Probably somebody prayed that prayer for you. You think you're so so dynamite that you saw it all on your own? Yeah, Jay's back there saying, yeah, of course it's me. I live off in my own little bubble. No, what did he say? You're praying for someone that God would give them the eyes, the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened. That God would give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Now you meet somebody else and they're just as spiritually dumb as a fence post. Well, start praying this prayer for them. They don't see it. You see somebody trapped in sin and they don't see their problem. They don't, they don't see what they're doing as being wrong. They don't see what they're doing and the consequences that'll be, uh, uh, down the road a little bit. Pray this prayer for them. I'm telling you this prayer is, 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 is as effective as praying in tongues. It's the living word of God. It's the sword of the spirit. You got some, some friend that's not born again. Take your little pencil. That's what I did. And I'd write it right out on a piece of paper. But but I got to that place, you know, that that the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto Bill the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That Bill's eyes, the eyes of Bill's understanding would be enlightened. That Bill would know the hope to what Bill's called. Just, just like that. And I'd call this prayer over that person. Somebody said, well, how do I pray for Biden? I, I, I don't know how to pray for Biden. I want to curse it, Biden. <laughs> well, don't curse it, Biden. Pray this prayer. Pray this prayer. Well, that, that's the problem, isn't it? He doesn't see right. I don't know what he's seeing. I don't know what Kamala Harris is seeing. I don't understand what they're seeing. I don't look into that world. I see in this world. See, I can pray for Kamala Harris in this scripture, and I might not be able to pray anything else in English without getting into flesh. Right? But this is the sword of the Spirit. You really want to fix them, pray like this. And and that's a, a simple guide when you don't Feel like praying. 
or when your loved one has done something so stupid, you just don't even have the emotions to pray. Maybe you've never been there. I have, right? But you can always pull out Ephesians 1, Ephesians 3. You know it's a New Testament prayer. Paul prayed it. It's recorded in Holy Scripture. Put your son's name in there. Put your daughter's name in there. Put your husband's name in there. Put your governor's name in there. Put your school teacher's name in there. You know, your gym teacher's name in there. Your employer's name in there. How how many of you are hearing me? And you'll find you continue to pray it. You say, well, how many times should I do it? Until it comes to pass. Just keep praying it. Amen? And and, it, and it'll just begin to uh, manifest. You'll begin to see it. It'll begin to grow. And uh, I know I've been praying. I haven't more. I'm convicting myself. I haven't been praying for my brother as much as I should with with this prayer. But I've seen some increase on him. I keep walking, watching. He's still working on his testimony. I understand that. But he's going to get saved. You know, people say, well, you can't change his will you can't bend his will people have to choose jesus all on their own how many of you know that's true but i'm telling you what you can stick a i can i can say no i'm not gonna overeat no i'm not gonna eat any more sweets no i'm gonna i'm gonna diet and then i walk back here and they got a box of sticky buns they're not they're not changing my will but my will changed well, now, if it'll work with sticky buns, is Jesus better than sticky buns or not? But see, people use this will truth. It is a doctrine. It's true. They use it as an excuse. The whole advertising industry exists to prove that you can change somebody's will with the right message. <laughs> it's true. I mean, if you present the right Jesus, who wouldn't want him? Amen. Somebody said, well, you know, you need to be down and out. You need to lose all your money or you need to be in a car wreck and then you look up to God. No, you just need to know who God is. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter how rich you are. You don't need to lose it all because when you see God, you're broke. I mean, I don't care if you're Elon Musk. You can't compete with God. Something's going on with Elon Musk. I think mama might be praying or something. Amen. So the father of glory grant unto Elon a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. The eyes of Elon Musk being enlightened that he may know the hope to which he's been called. Well, he's been called to something, haven't you? Well, sure. So he has too. So this guide of just praying scripture, I believe will be so important to keep us out of air as it comes to intercession. I know I went on, well, half hour, I guess, but that's good. Let's take the next 30 minutes. And what I'd like you to do is we've done, we've been praying in tongues a lot. I'm not telling you don't pray in tongues because I'll mix tongues in every prayer I pray like I mix salt and pepper, you know, or cayenne, however you want to qualify. You know, Bob used to put hot sauce on his ice cream, you know, so... That's a true story. I'm not teasing him. And uh, so let's take the next half hour. And what I'd like you to do is simply practice what we just taught you. 
And, and you can, again, go to a corner or lay on your face or just sit quietly where you're at. I mean, you don't need to be quiet. We're all going to pray this way. Go ahead and pray Ephesians 1 and insert some names in there. Insert your own name in there because you need it too, right? Insert your husband, your wife, your family, somebody that's been on your heart. Insert, insert the president. Insert the president of Ukraine. Insert Putin. Yeah, he needs to see. So, so, but let's, let's make sure we're well adapted to praying the scriptures. There's a wealth of power in praying the scriptures. Amen. So just go on. Let's do that. We'll, we'll pray that way for a half hour. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I don't want, I don't like interrupting people's praying, but I guess I wanted to share just a few points. Then we'll take a break. Um, first of all, do you sense, and I know many of you are old timers in this, but do you sense the difference between praying God's word like this and just absent-mindedly making a confession of God's word? You, you understand what I'm saying? You know, you, you're fighting some symptom in your body and you say, well, by his stripes I'm healed. Well, it's almost like a news commentary. But, but God's Word is to be a sword of the Spirit coming out of your mouth, and you fellowship with God with His Word. I, 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 I'm, I've taught all my life the importance of a confession of faith, but I don't believe in a confession of faith apart from fellowshipping with Him. Do you see what I'm saying? It's not a magic formula to say, by his stripes I'm healed. It's a worship formula. Thank you, Lord, I'm healed. By his stripes I'm healed. It's completely something other. If you look here in Philippians 4, see, in the way you're praying today, I, I want you to catch that. That you're praying Scripture, and what you're actually doing is confessing Scripture. You're, you're praying for other people, but at the same time, you're building your faith. And one of the reasons you're building your faith is you're fellowshipping with the, the Father through the Holy Spirit and through His Word. Amen? I've had a lot of people in the Word of Faith circles talk to me about how, you know, they get to this place where they're dry and, 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 and they, they, they get, one guy said to me, he said, I'm sick and tired of the faith message. <laughs> I said, well, that's pretty sad because that, that your confession's working. <laughs> what did he lose? He lost his fellowship with the Father. He didn't lose his faith. But faith became a formula or a magic wand. Amen? No, we, we fellowship. Look here in Philippians 4, 6. Be careful for nothing. Don't let stress or worry in. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. See, so you, you've got an opportunity to worry, but you want to take that to the Lord. You turn, turn every worry into a prayer request. But there's really only one way to do that in, in your known language. And that is that it's filtered at least or based upon Scripture. 
Amen. See, you, 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 you're, not, you're not just breathing out a wish. You're not saying, twinkle, twinkle, little star, how I wonder what you are. No, you're, you're taking Scripture and you're turning it to the Lord as it relates to your situation. Thank you, Lord. I raised up my child in the way that he should go. And Lord, I thank you, he will not depart from it. And when he tries, box his ears. See, and, and we laugh, and I, I will, I'll add, you know, myself to the word. But I don't think that's necessarily unscriptural. God wants to channel us. Paul said, Jesus said to Paul, it's hard for you to kick against the pricks. You know what that was? It's, it, it's, that was he got boxed in the ears. You see what I'm saying? So you turn this confession of faith that, that in some circles is cold, mechanical, lifeless, heartless, into fellowshipping with the living Jesus who's in the room with you. And yeah, you're worried about your kids. Yeah, you're worried about what you heard they did or what they had, had, had going on. But no, you take, you don't fret. Do not fret. Amen. It's a sin. Don't get into worry. Be careful for nothing. But you turn it because you know, Lord, I thank you for my sons. I raised them up in the way that they should go. Thank you, Lord. They know better. Holy Ghost, bring that to their remembrance. Spirit of God, you promised me that you would remind them of everything that was said to them. And I know what was said to them. They're full of the word of God. Bring that up into their spirit. Bring it up into their mind. And I thank you for it, Lord, with thanksgiving. With thanks. See, it's your attitude inside with joy. Amen? And, and now you're generating a, a, a deeper intimacy with Him because it's you and Him talking about your children. And that's just one example. You understand what I'm saying? So as we pray the Word, we're really confessing His Word in a fellowship environment with the Father, and uh, we turn it always to joy. See, this is the other thing I'll keep emphasizing. The, the errors I saw in burdens of intercession always focused on these physical manifestations of almost pain, agony, depression, heaviness, till you, you had a badge of honor of carrying this heavy burden. Well, I've had some heavy burdens, but friends, it's on the other side of the burden. You're carrying the burden, you, you don't have the answer yet. But you break through into joy. And well, I'll tell you what, you do that once, and you'll be like that woman that through the joy of childbirth forgot about the burden. Now, the burden was real. But the joy of childbirth, Jesus said, you forget about the, the burden. And I'm hoping Jesus was right, ladies, you can back me up. Yeah. Amen. Um, so, so when you see in some of these extremes, they magnify the burden. And oh, you really don't have anything if it isn't heavy or if it's not painful or if you don't break out in a sweat or if you don't ball and squall all night long. Well, that's not necessarily the case, obviously, because you might break through right now. I mean, I've been hit with some very heavy burdens. But it's the joy on the other side that you need. I, I, uh, 
I learned, uh, I'm trying to think of how old I was, I guess I was married, so 20, 21 years old, I couldn't understand it because every Saturday night before Sunday service, I'd get this wave, sometimes not real heavy, but sometimes I, 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 it felt like depression. And I'd almost want to go watch some movie or something just to, you know, get, get rid of it. Then I was reading in a book by E.W. Kenyon how he recognized these pressures on his heart right before he would preach that seemed to him like depression. So he would spend an extra amount of time with the Lord in fellowship and in prayer until the joy would come. And then he noticed when he stood up in the pulpit, he had greater authority and people got saved easier. Well, I just realized that little depression that was kind of irritating me more than anything. It was a, it was a move of the Spirit and it was a burden, but I didn't know how to grab a hold of it and pray through to joy. And then after I learned that, every Saturday night I was going to bed happy. Yeah, because you, you'd done something with God and then you, you've got more boldness when you share. Well, again, that's, that's for preachers, but it would be the same principle whether you're a student or, or working in a car shop. You know, you, you got something heavy on your spirit. The Lord's trying to show you something, something to change, something to buy, something not to buy, some, 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 some way to fix something faster or make it work easier, you know. Or, 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 or somebody wanting a new job, where to find that new job. It's all in your spirit. God will, God will lay it there. The second thing I want to share with you real quick, I'd forgot to, is you go back to Ephesians 1. It says in verse 19 that all of this is qualified by the exceeding greatness of His power. All this revelation, all this understanding, it all boils down to verse 19 to what is the exceeding greatness of His power towards us who believe. The word exceeding is, is what grabbed me a couple years ago. And exceeding simply means <laughs> greater or further than before. So let me give you an example. Every year we have the Olympics. And every once in a while, somebody will break an Olympic record. The only way they can break that Olympic record is they ran faster than anybody before in Olympic history, right? And they broke the Olympic... You know what they did? They exceeded the record. The only way it can be exceeding is it's greater or further than before. So have you ever had the power of God in your life? Well, Bob's had the power of God on his life, but God said that today it's exceeding greater, which means the power you pray today and the power he's, he's focusing us on is that, that that power is more powerful or goes further than ever before in your experience. Otherwise, it's not exceeding. He didn't say that, that you would have all of this according to the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Or according to the same power you had back when you were a teenage boy. Or according to that same power back in that revival a couple years ago. No, it's an exceeding power. Karen, you ever have the power of God displayed in your life? But when you pray exceeding power, you're not praying for the power you used to have. 
And it's not just that you're praying for more power. No. He's saying he wants to give more power. Amen? I, I, I don't know. I'll just let you mull that over. But see, that means if you pray this prayer three times, the third time, the power that's at work in your third prayer is more powerful than the prayer, the power that was at work the first time. Otherwise, it's not exceeding. It can't be exceeding if it ain't greater. Now, that means there's no limit. It's unlimited. It's the fullness of God is where he takes you in the third chapter. But I'm telling you what, keep praying this prayer. Amen? Just uh, really appreciate everyone's heart to pray. And uh, one of the things that is uh, scriptural and ought to be obvious, it really isn't. Uh, let's look in Colossians. One of the aspects of prayer is just the simple fact is that it's hard work. Now, there are times in prayer where it's, it's not work at all. It's, it's like riding a kayak down a very fast river, you know, or jumping out of an airplane and saying, "Woo," you know. Um, but Colossians 4.12 says, Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, salutes you, always laboring fervently for you in prayer, that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. Now that begs the question, if that's what he's praying, maybe that's why some people don't stand firm in the will of God. Maybe that's why some people are not complete in all the will of God. They wander around not, not knowing what they ought to be doing. Um, personally, I believe every failure in some, some form or fashion, you'll find a prayer failure somewhere. God's given us dominion in the earth. He's given us the name of Jesus. You know, if you're just brutally honest with yourself, if, if God gave us the name of Jesus, why? If God's, gonna, if God's still in control and everything that happens is God's will and, and, and you can't change these things and, and it's just going to be that way, well, why did he give us the name anyway? But if he did give us the name, and he did, and here we've got an example of a guy who was always laboring fervently for them in prayers. See, that, that sounds to me like hard work. Sounds to me like a disciplined work, time-consuming work, focused work, which means we've got to commit to it. And in this case, Paul kind of summarizes what Epaphras was praying, that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. Well, do, well your loved one or your uh, family or your friends across the street or your pastor or someone in the church that's on your heart to pray for, 
Are they standing perfect and complete in all the will of God? You can help them to do that, obviously, by laboring fervently for them in prayer. Right? How many of you see what, see what I'm saying? You, you, but you have to choose it. The, the real issue of prayer isn't learning how to pray. It's deciding to pray. Because you'll learn how to pray by praying. You learn how to swim by swimming. You can read all the books on swimming you want, but if you don't get in the water, you're never going to learn how to swim. You learn how to play guitar by picking a guitar up and, and, and strumming away. Yeah, there's things that you'll continue to learn or you'll add to your repertoire, so to speak, that you get from a book or from a YouTube channel, etc., etc. But don't you have to put it into practice before it becomes real? Prayer isn't so much about learning things and, and, and memorizing scripture and getting this absolutely correct. Don't be afraid to make mistakes in prayer. The Holy Spirit will correct you. He, he will lead you. He will guide you. Like I shared when I was born again, I came, you know, out of uh, depression and suicide and, and I had a foul mouth. And, you know, but I got saved. So as soon as, as, soon as I'm saved, well, the prayer of salvation is a prayer, right? I, 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 got, I got in God's face and I would pray and use profanity when I would pray to God. And it's because I didn't know better. I didn't know any better. Well, it didn't take long. Because the Holy Ghost will clean you up. I've had Bible studies uh, where, where uh, in fact, two guys I know, one became a missionary, one still an elder in a church. When they started coming to the Bible study, they'd sit there and smoke their cigarette and blow smoke in my face while I'm preaching the Word of God to them. Well, now, I could have got all up in arms and condemned them, but I, I don't know where I learned it. Maybe it's because I'm not, you know, the, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer, but I'm not stupid. But I learned somewhere that I'm not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's the one who condemns and, and, and convicts, right? Not condemns, convicts. So, so uh, I had a chance to say no to this one fella. He was a restaurant owner, and and uh, he he got saved. Prayed a prayer of salvation with me real quick. One of these, you know, thirty second prayers, and and I'm gone. And 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 uh, but he made Jesus the Lord of his life. So he sought me out, and he made all of his wait staff in the restaurant uh, sit in the Bible study and paid him. So he would sit there and light up his cigarette, and all the wait, all the girls would smoked your cigarettes while I taught them. Well, I don't care because I'm sowing the seed of God and it does not return void. It will accomplish the thing which, which he pleases. And uh, I don't know about the wait staff. I don't know about the girls. I'll be honest. I, uh, I don't disciple girls and neither do you men. That's right. And uh, but, but Joe, he became a missionary and went down to Columbia, South America. Uh, he, he stopped smoking cigarettes. Now, the other fellow was a, uh, a couple that, uh, why am I sharing? I have no idea. Uh, so uh, I came back from Ramah and uh, 
my, my uh, girlfriend at the time, Terry, who then was later my fiance, who is now my lovely wife and the mother of my uh, Viking tribe, uh, she, she had uh, some friends. Bob knows them. Well, Karen knows them too. And uh, I went in. They said, well, they want to have Bible study. So, yeah, I'll teach a Bible study. Back then, I would, I would preach at the drop of a hat and sometimes drop the hat so I could preach. I had a chance, you know. So we're in their house the first time. I don't even think I'd met them. I don't know who these people are. And I walk in, and here's this guy with hair, I mean, down to the middle of his back. He's, he's got the hippie hair, you know. And, and we sit down, and I start to teach, and he pulls out his cigarettes, and he's, he's smoking. And uh, I'm just kind of chuckling because he, he got saved. It's just going to be fun to watch the Holy Ghost clean him up. And you know what? Two or three weeks, I don't think it was probably even three, cigarettes were gone. I never, I never said a word about it. It's none of your business to condemn people. Amen? And, uh, you know, somebody the other day in, in, in Ukraine said, do you have any tattoos? That's a strange conversation, except they had them all over their body. I said, no, I think they look ugly. I mean, I'm entitled to my opinion. I'm not going to say you look ugly. See, some people go too far, and they're weak. I'm not weak about it. If you ask me about smoking cigarettes, I'm going to tell you. Right? If you ask me about tattoos, yeah, I'm going to tell you. You know, I'm not going to put stupid on my forehead or something like that. But anyhow, you know, I won't even go there. If I'd have had a tattoo put on me like my son did, I don't know what he's going to look like when he's 58 and there's sagging going on. You won't even be able to read it. Let's just, let's just leave it there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, your, your pecs don't stay that firm all your life. All right. That's like so far off. This is a prayer meeting. So, so Bill, he, 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 you know, the cigarettes just disappeared. And I just rejoiced, Terry and I'd talk about it. You know, it's, it's just fun to see how the Holy Ghost cleans people up by His Spirit. They respond to Him. And then two or three weeks later, we go, I'm teaching, and we walk in, and He's cut His hair. Well, now I think He's gone too far. He looked really good. <laughs> and, and, and the Lord is still cleaning us all up, isn't He? So in prayer, you don't, don't, don't worry about praying wrong. God, God will lead you. Amen. One of the things about praying wrong is you won't get any answers. There's a, there's a fail safe system. See, if you ask amiss, somebody said, well, I, I don't want to, I don't want to pray something that's not God's will. Well, don't worry about it. You, you know, you watched happy days. That probably wasn't God's will either. So you prayed a prayer that wasn't God's will. Guess what? It won't work. So don't worry about praying a prayer that's a wrong prayer. Oh, yeah, but I don't want to get out of the will of God. You've been out of the will of God so many times, but you're just using that as an excuse not to pray. I mean, I've picked up a guitar and made sounds that, you know, a dying fox sounds better. 
or a squirrel being banged against the barn roof sounds better than some of the things I've made come out of a guitar. But that doesn't mean you quit. That's, that's how you learn. Right? And, and eventually, <laughs> we ought to just be happy today. Eventually, you start making noise, and then eventually you start making music and melodies and all that good stuff. Well, it'll be the same in prayer, but it, it is work. It is a choice. You have to commit to it. And, and if you'll see the consequence of it, which is answers to prayer, why wouldn't you want to commit to it? There's depths to prayer that are just now, after 40-some years, starting to stir me to an excitement I never had before. Because I've never changed nations before. I've seen some astounding things. And, 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 you know, you start in prayer at, the, at, the, at a personal level and you see God answer. And it's absolutely mind-blowing. That's why I always like people to write it out. Write out some of your answers to prayer. Because I know he's heard your prayer. Doesn't that blow your mind? I don't care if you ask God for a postage stamp. And somebody walks up on a street corner and gives you a postage stamp. It, it, you know, it ain't worth a whole lot. Well, today it might be. But what's a postage stamp cost today? 50-some. It's email, right? It's free. But if you know it came from God. I don't care if it's an old pair of socks, but you know it came from God. I think finally, I just finally, it was really hard. I'm a pack rat. It's, it's a bad habit. I'm not a hoarder, but I just, I can't throw things away. I might need it. <laughs> That's why moving is good for me, because moving from one place to another. But I remember, anyway, I finally threw away a pair of socks. It, God gave me. It was hard to throw them away because God gave me them socks. Didn't matter that they was worn out, had holes in them, and were worthless. But God gave me those socks. I got, I got, I, I used to preach a sermon, and it came from that pair of socks. You got faith for socks. I got on a plane one time to go to Armenia and for, forgot I had, I, I put. When I pack, there I usually put things in different uh, little packs or pouches. So I had my socks in a, in a little bag or something, and I forgot my socks. Somehow they didn't get in. I've done that more than once because I pack fast. And I get to Armenia, and I don't, I don't have any uh, socks. Well, on the plane, I realized it, so I'm believing God for socks. Now, I know Armenia has socks, so I can go buy socks. Come on, they're not that expensive, right? But I asked God for socks. In the first service, an old woman, an old babushka, came up and gave me a pair of socks that she knit herself. God gave me those socks. And then, they weren't really well done. They were not comfortable. But I couldn't throw them away. Why? Because that's an answer to prayer. You've, you've got answers to prayer, right? You've got faith for socks, but it grows. It grows from socks to, dear Lord, you expand your faith, and before you know it, you're believing God for underwear. <laughs> and <laughs> It's a relic. It is. It's a, it's a monument to God, and he, the fact that he hears and answers prayer. And... Uh, 
So I know some of you probably have heard my message, but uh, I used to go through Russia and preach faith. You, you know, people want to believe God for moving mountains, but, but, but they have never used their faith for a pair of socks. And do you have faith for a pair of socks? And uh, a guy got a hold of that message, changed his life. He was a drug rehab fella, to- totally at the end of his rope. But he took that principle of faith until now. He's a, he's a director of a chain of drug rehab centers. And, but he started with faith for socks. So, so when you say laboring fervently, I think he labored fervently because he saw answers. And when you get one answer, you want two. Lay's potato chips has nothing on prayer. You can't, you can't just have one. You gotta have more. And I'm convinced that people don't pray because they haven't had recent answers. Most people think they pray because bad things are happening. Well, that'll only motivate you to pray in the crisis of life, and then you're not prepared to pray and you don't get an answer. You'll really dig in and commit to praying when you realize prayer works. And if you haven't got to the place that prayer is working in your life, you're not going to commit out of a sense of slavish duty to commit to something where it doesn't work. The human nature cannot commit to something that doesn't produce. At some point, you'll drop it because you're smart. Right? Unless you're an Eagles fan. (laughs) Moving right along. Some fans are committed to unproductive... Anyhow, off subject, but you all were drifting. I had to catch you and bring you back. But when your prayer life works, and what I mean by works is you're getting answers. You're seeing tangible results. I prayed and God opened this door. I prayed and I got a good price. I prayed and this, this, this was obviously God's hand. Now at the same time, let me just, this helped me. Look for God's answers. A lot of times, God's blessing us so much, but we don't really think about it being God. I mean, and, and, and loony or not, I worship God when I get a good parking spot. Because I've walked. See, it, try to train yourself to see God's hand when every blade of grass moves. Because he's working in your life. And, and you'll, and you'll have a heart of gratitude and you'll, there are so many times he's answered prayers and we don't recognize it. Oh wow, that was God. And so we want to worship him on that. You're not going to commit to labor fervently based out of slavish duty because you think, well, the pastor said I'm supposed to pray. Doesn't matter that you're supposed to pray because eventually you'll quit praying. But if you know, hey, I got on my knees and I prayed and God answered that prayer. Wow, can I do that again? Well, yeah, you can. But it'll be something greater. And you don't have to shoot for the moon the first time. You know, I'm going to believe God for a car, so I'm getting me one of them new Mercedes. 
all right, well, if your faith is there, but you're the one that's going to have to judge where your heart's at. You just might have F-150 1999 faith. But if you get a Ford F-150 from 1999, free and clear with no payment book, and you know it came from God, drive it and smile. Because it'll probably run forever. Turn, I believe God for a van. And I, and I, I don't, we gave that to you, I think. And then you gave it to somebody else. That van went forever. I don't think it could die. Well, at one time it broke down, but that's when I, I loaned it to Bruce Latibu. He took it down south and it broke down like three times. He came back with like $5,000 of repair on my $2,000 van. But then it never died after that. <laughs> True story. <laughs> I've got great friends, I'm telling you. So, so you, everything I'm saying, I know you understand me, but the point is, how do you put that into practice? And the only way I know is to write down the answers to prayer you get or have had, make yourself remember them, and make that a part of your motivation. Have you ever prayed and somebody got saved? Yeah. Have you ever prayed and someone's life was changed? Yeah, write it down. Because then when you face the, the next challenge that seems a little bit bigger, you just kind of chuckle and say, gotcha. I know where I'm at. I can handle this. Remember my cousin, my cousin John led me to the Lord, basically. Because of him, I'm here. Well, he... Uh, we, we grew up in Jesus together. We were going to all the same meetings together. We were memorizing scripture together. We were passing books to one another, on and on and on. And then John went through some heartache. And to run away from that, he, he got in the military, ran away, so to speak, and came back and married a girl. And she wasn't real strong in the Lord. And uh, that didn't go well. They got divorced. And I just watched John you know, over, over some challenges that he went through. And then he was single for a while and we didn't talk. Just life separated us. And, and uh, oh, I don't know how many years passed, but quite a while of silence. And all of a sudden I got a phone call from him and he says, uh, hey, uh, just thought I'd call you and let you know I'm getting married. And, uh, and just so you know, I just want you to know, she's a Mormon. And that was about the whole call. And I hung up feeling like he's just bitter at God. And, and in that phone call, he just wanted to kind of, you know, needle me a little bit. Well, he's, he's getting married and she's a Mormon. So I went home and I thought, I can fix that. <laughs> yeah, it just rose up on the inside of me. I, I know how to handle that. So I, I'd been praying for John, but now I'm praying for her. I start praying for her. Glory to God. And uh, laid out before the Lord, praying the Ephesians prayer, praying in the Holy Ghost. I was, I was on it. That's his wife. They got married. I'm praying, right? About a year goes by. John calls me. Well, I'm back. I said, what? He said, well, you're not going to believe it. Oh, you probably will. He said, we got married and, and uh, 
I didn't know it, but she always gets up earlier than me, and I, I didn't know it, but one morning she she stumbled on Kenneth Copeland on television. And she started watching Kenneth Copeland and keeping it a secret from me because uh, she, she knew I I hated that kind of stuff. She had no idea I cut my teeth on Kenneth Copeland. And she, he, for about three months, she's a secret Copelandite. Got saved, born again, filled with the Holy Ghost. And he said, and she made a mistake and stuff started coming in the mail. And I got to thinking, what's Kenneth Copeland sending her stuff for? And uh, so wasn't she surprised to find out her husband got saved on Kenneth Copeland and, 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 and had a call into ministry? And here God brought it all full circle. Amen. So now something else like that happens. What's, what's going on in the, inside of me? Well, I've been there before. So stir yourself up with your prayer life. Be, until praying fervently and laboring, you, you know why you're laboring. You'll work hard because you know how to get it done. You'll work hard. I, you know, I don't know, Jay, you're still working. Do you ever work hard? I'm not asking you why. Yeah, you work hard because you know how to work and get it done, right? You're not working hard, just spinning wheels. In fact, you'll never labor fervently, in my opinion, until you know how to get success. You know what target you're aiming at. Amen. So I want to stir us up, and we're going to pray some more, with the same principle I started on Monday. Take, take your little notebook or your piece of paper and remember the good things God's done in your prayer life. You know, it's incredible to me as you pray over your list of thanksgiving. There's so many things like uh, people that you meet in life that prayer was involved. Uh, I don't, I don't think that we're ever, until we get to heaven, going to really be able to document it all. But we can sure try as best we can. And we ought to, because we want to give God thanks. And I have found that when we give God thanks for things that He's done, He does it again. Amen? And I know we did the exercise Monday where I had people testify of what answers to prayer God had given. You need to learn to stir yourself up that way. So when you do face a situation that's, that seems trying and it tears at your heart. Well, you can, you can stir yourself up like David did before he went out against the enemy because Satan had stolen everything he had. The Bible says David encouraged himself in the Lord. You know how to do this. You know how to pray. We know how to get results. We, we know God hears and answers prayer. Amen. And that next heavy burden or heavy challenge. That's nothing for Jesus. Amen? So let's uh, take some time while you pray. We've got uh, about a half hour here. And uh, go ahead and, and, and exercise yourself to write down some of these praises. And then when you have something, here's what you can do. Daisy chain them. I don't know if you know what I mean by that. So you got an answer to prayer where you prayed and somebody got saved? Just draw a little line. Put a circle there and write somebody's name in there. Who else are you going to pray for to get saved? Okay, here was that time in the hospital when someone was healed. You prayed for them. 
Just, just, just draw another line out. Put a circle there. Just daisy chain it. Say, okay, I've gone this far. I've got socks. Now I'm going to underwear. Dear Lord, do I have faith to go to jeans? Sure I do. <laughs> right? You see what I'm saying? What's that? Or khakis. Yeah. Just keep stretching yourself and, and realizing that, man, I'm, this is good stuff. Nothing can be withheld from the man who stand boldly in front of the Lord. I don't, I don't think we've measured how much God wants to pour out. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's, let's take a good 15 minutes or half hour here and pray. Family of God, are you ready to finish strong? Do you, see, do, you fin- do you see the finish line? We've been here all week. We have gobbled down the Word of God. We've gathered the Word of God. We have it. We heard it. We've applied it. We've pressed in. We've pushed in. We have done what the Father wanted this whole week. And right now, we are coming to the finish line. For the afternoons, we have tonight, but this is it. This is it. Paul said in 2 Timothy 4, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day, and not to me only, but to all who love his appearing. Praise the Lord. That's 2 Timothy 4, 7. 1 John chapter 5, we have probably heard this scripture, but I want to again press it into your soulish realm, into your spirit, that we all get this, because this is a promise, not only a promise, but a sure, blessed assurance promise from the Lord. He says in First John 5. Now, this is our confidence. See, you've got to have confidence when you pray. You've got to know that if we have, that what we have in him, that if we ask anything according to whose will? His will. What is his will? You're looking at it. You don't have to go any further than this book right here. This is his will will. His will is the word of God. If we pray according to his will, which we've heard all week, get scriptures uh, pertaining to your situation, to your specific prayer project, find some scriptures. And that's praying according to his will. Why? Because he looks over his will or his word to what? Perform it. Perform it in you, through you, or whatever it is. All right, so if we pray according to his will, he what? He hears us. Is that a promise? Did he say that? Is he a liar? No. So that gives you confidence as you're praying. Father, I'm praying according to your word, which is your will. I know you're hearing me. And if we know he hears us, which we already know that because we're praying according to his will. Whatever we ask, because what we're asking is according to his will, his word, we know we have 
the petitions that we've asked of them. Now, what does that produce in you as you're praying? Confidence and faith and joy. <laughs> I mean, flat out joy. See, if the Israelites had thanked the Lord and rejoiced this side of the Red Sea for the promised land, it would have carried them through the desert. They would have just kept on praising and worshiping and thanking the Lord because they had the promised land, the answer, the completion, the finish line in their heart. And it would have been a whole journey of thanksgiving and praising and worshiping. They would have been filled with the joy of the Lord. They wouldn't have uh, camped out in complaining and murmuring against the Lord. See, they forgot what God had done for them in the past. And we know that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. Your circumstances might change, but he doesn't change. And if he was faithful to you then, he'll be faithful to you now. And he'll be faithful to you then in your future. That's our Father. Ephesians 6, and we're going to look at verse 10. I have two scriptures to give you, and then we're going to finish strong. Everybody ready to finish strong? All right, because we all want to finish strong. Ephesians 6.10 says, Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, not your might. Not your might. Don't look for your strength to get you over the finish line. Look for his might to get you over the finish line. Keep your eyes on the Lord. The, the alpha and omega, the, fin, the beginning and the end of your faith. He's both. He's, he's everything in the middle as well, but he's the beginning and the end. Turn to Galatians 10. Galatians, sorry, 6.10, and it says... Let us not grow weary. I'm sorry, it's verse 9. Let us not grow weary while we're doing good. When you're praying, you're doing good, big time good. But don't grow weary in it. For in due season, we shall. Shall is a very strong word in the Bible. You, we shall reap if we don't lose heart. See, there's a push for the finish line. And if you're going to start off with a prayer project, just stay in the race until you get that note of joy and victory that you pass the finish line with God. Amen? So we're going to finish strong this session. And how I would like to encourage you is with something that has encouraged me for years. And I have made mention of it. I don't know if any of you picked it up, but I'm going to put it in your face for this next hour. And it's Dave Robinson's video on YouTube called, Do You Pray in Tongues for One Hour? It is the most encouraging one hour that you could ever spend in your day. He coaches you. How many of you need encouraged? How many of you like to have a life coach? Well, the Holy Spirit is our life coach. 
And sometimes God places people in your life that have flesh that also help coach you through life. And I believe this is a video that will help you. It'll teach you how to stay in the realm of the spirit for an hour. You don't want to get out. Guaranteed. Would you like a guarantee? And then what that does, it's a springboard. Because you stepped over into an hour and one minute and you're still praying. You're just still praying. And then you step into that next hour because you just can't stop. You don't want to stop. I'm telling you, sometimes it's like priming the pump. You know what I'm saying? By priming the pump, you just keep pressing and pumping, and all of a sudden it just gushes out. Everybody, the older folks in here, old, not old, older, older. They understand. Sometimes you just need some help priming the pump. And this video or this audio, you'll catch it. You'll catch it in the spirit. You'll see yourself coming to an impasse where you want to slow down or you start, your flesh starts getting weary and he'll just give you the punch to keep on. I've used this for years because um, I needed it. And I, was, I just thank God for it. I just thank God after my hour of prayer with David Robinson and the Holy Spirit, I just felt refreshed. See, he refreshes you. And it, and it actually has kept me in that realm consistently. If I feel I know I need to pray and I, my flesh is just giving me a problem, I'll just turn that on on my TV or my phone and I'll just get right in. It just, you just step right in. And I find myself, this, this is a true story. I, I did that downstairs for, for this hour and then I just kept on praying. And I went upstairs to ask something, uh, my, my son Kevin, and I'm standing behind him, and I did not realize I was still praying in the spirit. And he looks at me, he says, Mom, what are you doing? And I, I said, oh, I guess I was still praying in the spirit. And I didn't even realize I was. See, that's where the Lord wants us. You know, pray without ceasing. When he says pray without ceasing, you really can but it's not, it's not a one-time deal. It's a process. It's a becoming. It's a staying in. And you can discipline your flesh and your soul to do this. And I don't know about you. We all need encouraged in it. We all do. The Bible says to not forsake the assembling of yourself with other believers, the more so as you see the day approaching. We need to encourage one another to pray in the Spirit, to stay in the Spirit, to hear the voice of the Lord, that we're knowing that we're in the right place at the right time, doing the right things with the right people. We need that now more than ever. So you got you to gotta take that in your heart. I value that. I want that. And you make yourself. Paul said, I press into the kingdom. I press toward that mark. If you're not pressing and making your flesh do it, you're probably not going to do it. So I'm going to encourage you that you have a coach for one hour on, a, on this great video or audio is what we're going to hear. And it will help you prime the pump every day. You can just get in there every day for an hour praying in the spirit along with somebody who will coach you to stay in it.
Isn't that cool? It's so cool. So go ahead, Steve, start that. And listen, if you want to leave before an hour, please do. But for an hour, we don't eat till five anyway. Let's pray. And listen to him. Coach you. Amen. Let it go flow. ahead, start praying. Let it begin to flow. Of course, it begins as an act of your will. Let it begin to flow. Let it begin to flow. Let it begin to flow. Tell your body to shut up. You're in prayer now. Have your way, Heavenly Father. Let it flow. Let him flow. Already there's a flow to change things. Let him flow. You don't sue the Kramoriatiaco, who remember the Krasu Resu Hedebramadekrasiati, Kresiatu, the Atiatiatiatia, to the Lamoramadakarasodia, Horemadakarasore Hachiaki, Ronda Kriatia, Krema de Krasto, the Kalicia, Maria Dundiku de Chi, Yateske, Yana Horicha, Romakai, Roma de Granke, the Skeritsu, the Devaraburamoradia, Adesundu Remed Christund, the Kramoraduria to Riaturia to Remadakresaha, Yuskresi Krema de Gramatoria. Let him flow. You're changing things. You are changing things. Is Prayer is one of the best things your life has to offer. You're given to God the thing He needs the most authority. He's using your authority to change things. Let it 
Lord, and Medicraso de Caracia de Cadetia, Medias Coressa. Esa, yunsa da kalas galia, skoto ta kresu to ta nemiskiri chila krata, rone krashe, rone de kras, harehtu keremas korechio de dukriyatu kriyatu riyatu 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 Roma de Cresso Horacadaseha, Uramaso de Crasso, the Crama de Crasso de Crasso de Cadesicarasse, Hidimanacicarasse, let him flow, let him flow, Rando Crasso, let him flow through your spirit, arrested the Crasso de Cremaso Antica, Uramana Carate, Hadacrasse, Hadaca. Every group that has ever brought revival had one thing in common. They never gave up. They continued to increase. They never gave up. This is wonderful. This is wonderful. Your life is making a difference. It is making a difference. It means something. It's making a difference. You're changing things forever, forever, forever. You have an eternal effect. That's why he's praying through you. It's him. He's choosing the words. Every single word means something in the kingdom of God, in the Holy Ghost, in power. You're praying out of your heart what is troubling you. You're changing things. Changing things. You're building yourself up higher on your most holy faith in God is in the part of you that makes things happen. Not where you're hoping for answered to prayer, where things happen. Is 
prophesy for in the spirit he speaks mysteries you have deliberately placed yourself in the spirit if you're speaking with tongues you're in the spirit you went to the bottom of the mountain where things are changed let him flow through you we're not a wave that's going to play out we're going into victory you're going you're going you're going to go you're going to win whether you like it or not let him flow he's working in some of you now I'm going to pray for two hours pretty soon he's, I'm going to pray for this is addictive I may pray six pray yourself right into the heart of the Father Oh, my body's shutting down. My spirit's taking over. I'm in the spirit. I'm changing things. Building yourselves up higher and higher and higher on your most holy faith. The end of the cross the Holy Ghost is praying you out of the real problem. He's praying you out of your real problem. Not the one you think that's your problem. Your real one. See, sometimes you think finances is your problem. But he prays you out of what caused you to get into that situation. He changes you. 
He edifies you. He changes your character. He builds you up in God. He makes winner out of you. He uses you. Don't you dare stop. Let him flow. Let him flow. When you delight yourself like this in the Lord, He grants you the desires of your heart. Prayer is the best thing your life has to offer. This is where the word and the understanding of the word merges with your life. This is where the God kind of real faith is generated through intimate fellowship with Jesus. The faith that changes things is it causes your life to turn around. you given your life objective you have purpose you have purpose you're deliberately changing things in the kingdom you have purpose Hallelujah. <laughs> 
Corre mal Cristo, recorrendo rescurito morondo grieto rieto Cristo rendo rieche. Halaka lesaha, halaka rasa halaka. Ronda de graso de crema sobre crema de crema de Cristo de crieto relate. Nene mareso de gurma de Cristo de crieto reso de crieto. Urma de crieto reado rendo 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 Hari la Roma sare ad erosore marazore crasore crasiate Hari chonde de crasore ingrento remi de cadessa Mira corresore marazore para marazza hara crasiate da Ela de tale breve de cra Rendere scarato crasso Horomoro branto de caramos corretto remoromo da crolo ruro de crossore crasso Horomoro creato 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 Nene nascarece Mere crasso de ciala coreme de crasso de ciala crasso de ciala Horato mere cadassuri do reme de crista Hocame Hericriende comana quando cadasca Rura crasso de crasso de coa Rucreto reto crasso ha Mora grime de leando crasso Saha, Yungaresa, Harekrasa, Uriam do Karasuri, Kuramoro, Diodogresian, Karamasuri, Gureso, Rura to Kanamoro Tendo de Kariato de Kalasa, Nirkresaha, Orientia Karasa, your life is changing things, Hirokramaso de Karasoda, changing things, Hirokresa, changing things, Hiroramara Kresa de Kresia, Ronda do Rasura to Grasaha, Hikarasa, he's honing you into a mighty weapon for the last days, so the Krima. Right now you're changing your business. You sukri setecha. You're changing your finances. See kurime sukri mora madekalasa. Ora kadecha ha. You're charging yourself up on your most holy faith. Yada dekrasya hara. In a realm for things happen because you believe they'll happen. Nida kurisure dukrasa. Hora sukri setekrasa. You don't have to pass through this life as a failure. Your life don't have to be lost in eternity without making a difference. You don't have to, to go on your way into eternity in the kingdom not making a difference. You're changing things. You're changing things forever and ever and ever because you're offering your bodies a living sacrifice. You're getting past the first impasse. He'll be able to use you in prayer as much as he needs as these days go by. You're praying his perfect divine will, not yours, his, his. The reason he's placed his hand on you is the prayer you're praying. The whole reason he separated your life for is the prayer you're praying because what's in your heart you're now speaking out he that searcheth the hearts knows the plan of God and makes intercession for you according to that plan you're speaking his will into your life Tell your body to shut up. 
the Holy Ghost is in charge here. Adessa, Horamara Krasuha, Uramara Dadia Sella, Horandas Karasura Tura Krasa, Horamara Krasura Krasuri and Uriasura Tura Sola Kromo Surichi, Horan Sarakri Sura Madame Krasuri Kris in the Rantili, Lora Madagriatura, Haratalaha, Haratala Sala Krasa, Harasala, the Endurimara Kris, Krisula Krasu, the Grianduriske, Yukarimasuata, who get you with us, you receive Grandares, Kriatuanandoska, Harakurim. Praying in the Holy Ghost is just as supernatural as raising the dead. This is not originating with you. This is God's thoughts. This is His language. This is His words. And they're flowing through you. They're flowing through you. He's adding His prayer with your authority and changing things in your life. You don't have time not to pray. You don't have time not to hedu krama ho ho se hedu mana kratu reta desa hara rasa rasa dia horasando de mara hari kriya krakrasaha gidumrasaha there'll be a day when he'll lay a seven hour travail on you nidakrasa and he'll flat change things in your city change things in your relatives lives but you have to start somewhere you have to deal with the impasses that has kept you out of prayer in the past you've got to deal with them ugly things that made you spend your life on the flesh instead of the spirit nothing's more important than a step by step a line upon changing of your life from authority to authority from not your body ruling you you ruling your body it'll make a champion out of you it'll make a millionaire out of you a succeeder out of you it'll make success out of you in every area of life it'll give you character you've got to fight to stay in prayer if you win this one you win over many things you won't be led by your emotions you'll be led by the spirit Essa, essa no brata cristoria para cramosura do rema da grande rehari to rendo de cresso para calasa hara krasaha ira krasa ah there's a place of edification a quiet calm peaceful power not emotional not emotional shifts not pressure power peace leadership ya da cristo da krasa edification this is the rest this is the refreshing with stammering lips and another tongue will cause the weary to rest this is where god lives is kada krasaha 
He didn't want you to fail. When you come to where you're ready to fail, he said, I'll pray for you. That's supernatural tongues. You're changing everything about yourself that fails. It's called edification. Every character flaw you have is being dragged out. Dragging out to the light. That thing that kept you from succeeding is being exposed. That thing that's making you a second-rate preacher is dying. That thing that's keeping you broke is dying. The problem in your poverty, problem is not your mountain. The problem is whether you have enough character or guts to get past the first impasse of falling out of prayer in them realms of the spirit where you can do something about it. Get mad inside. Get mad. It's Get violent. Rise up. Take the kingdom by force. Be determined. Be character. Be stamina. Get enough substance to fight this thing where it has to be fought. I'm not a loser. You're not a loser. You're a winner. You're executing authority in your relatives' camps. They're your blood. You're changing things. Come on. Cause a sweeping revival. Let it break out here. Because your impasse has died. Cause it. Sweep from state to state. Let the fire break out. You can do it. You can do it. Go down in history. God commissioned the prayer center. He's seen the brasa. She's a vehicle. She's going where you're going. It's hard to go by yourself. 
And hundreds of people are going with you. We're not going to let you quit. We're going all the way into God. We're going to drag you along. You're going to come drag me out of my house? No. But pretty soon a thousand intercessors will pray a thorn of revenge underneath you until you got to come back and get back into prayer. You're, you're part of something that can lay hold of you and will not turn loose. Intimate relationship and fellowship with Jesus. We're not going to let you fail. You get weak. The strong will carry you along. You're going to win and you're going to have a reward when you enter into heaven. You praying the power, you praying the bread down. Like that woman jumped up out of the wheelchair, like the woman that carried her walker out. Last week, just last week, we're not talking about a year ago. We're talking about major camp meetings. We're talking about in, in prayer, prayer focused, interceded, bread, services. The same power that got him up out of the wheelchair will get you up out of your financial poverty. You can't afford not to be in here changing your character, making a winner out of you. He just don't get people out of wheelchairs of body. He'll pull you out of wheelchairs of poverty. It's all hand in hand. He has set me free from to lead me into. And by golly, we're going in together. I'm not stopping. I'm not stopping. We're not stopping. We belong to a vehicle, an organism. It's flowing together and we're going somewhere. We're not wandering in and out of church with no objective thinking that's a good service and we're going somewhere we're going somewhere we're not wandering around with no objectives five years from now you're not going to be the same as you are now you're going to be more of a champion you're going to have more character he just don't get you out of wheelchairs of sickness and inflictions he gets you out of wheelchair of poverty and other damnable things he said you're free from this is where you're building your character this is where the world unites with your life and causes the substance to change. This is where you become a winner when God is flowing through your spirit. Do you hear me? Yeah, we're going into victory. 
you're going with us we're going to victory you're going with us the word edify means to build you up to build you up in God and changes things changes those things that hold you back from his best he's charging you up like a battery he's making a winner out of you a year from now you'll be more of a winner than you are now why? because you had objectives you would not quit changing yourself yes but I don't change but, but my prayer doesn't feel like it's getting through that's when it's getting through when it's hard for the tongues to come out that's when you're changing the most because you're at an impasse when it flows hilariously in joy and hard that's when victory is coming through but when you enter into the deep groanings that's when you're standing the gap for impossible situations like the lost when he pulls you into groaning that's when you're standing for impossible situations when it's hard for tongues to come out of you that means you're at an impasse he's getting rid of something in your life that's holding you back from God's best it, oh, oh, when you get into hilarious joy and giggling and the spirit flowing through you that means in the spirit there has been a victory won and the report's coming through don't stop don't stop you a winner he's making a champion out of your call what do you call you do make money and give it to the kingdom right now a champion is forming on the inside of you because you're crucifying the flesh money won't have you you'll have it he's giving you character and substance you're edifying yourself you are changing things changing things changing things it's kirisa don't stop don't stop let him flow no I don't have time not to pray it's I'm more than a champion. We're going into victory. You're going with us. Do I need to come and sit in church and pray? Yes, you do. Because that's when you'll sit next to someone strong when intercession comes out of them the strong carries the infirmities of the weak you get caught up in the same anointing he lifts you up out of your problem in your spirit first and it'll manifest later in the natural yeah you need to be here not just praying at home you need to be part of an organism that God is taking somewhere a vehicle a champion 
He's made you a champion. A champion. You're going somewhere to manifest. You're trouble for the devil. You don't know your potential. That's what you're doing. You're finding out now. Now we don't try to work anything up. We don't try to work it down. But he can do anything he pleases. When them waves of glory come, they're by him. They're him. They're not us. They're him. This isn't a flesh operation. This is a spirit operation. You keep letting it flow. Let it flow. He's changing things. Don't stop. It's that they tell your flesh to shut up. Tell it one day it'll be going 20 hours straight. So it might as well shut up and get used to it. Prayer is one of the best things your life has to offer. You don't have to be a mamby pamby beat up believer going through life. It's you have an objective. You can fight on purpose just because you want to. You don't have to beat the air wondering what to do about pressure. You have a direction. This is how you can release God. This is how you can fight. This is where you can know that you're changing things. The Word of God says you're building yourselves up on your most holy faith. You're edifying. You're changing things in the kingdom forever. 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 A woman's husband has just turned. He's reached the outer perimeter. He's went as far as he can go. And he's beginning his journey back in. He has staked a step towards God. He'll go no further out. He's coming in. It'll take a little while for him to arrive. But rest assured, he's coming in. He's coming in. 
Because prayer is one of the best things that my life has to offer. Building yourself up in God. Praying in tongues. It's, it's an expressive language. Each syllable, each word is releasing a little bit of God's authority into your authority in this life, in this earth, in your life, in God's plan for you. Each word, sakarasa, means something in the Spirit, means something in God, changes things. Hundreds of hours of authority being released in your life. Bringing you face to face with your weaknesses and your impasses so you can overcome and keep strong on your objective. Right now, you only need one objective. Just one. Don't worry about your problems. Don't worry about your finances. Don't let all that care get to you. One objective. Stay in prayer till you get past the impasse. Till things begin to change. Right now, you're changing things. You're changing things. It's just hard for it to flow through me right now. Oh, that's the time you need to stay in there. Whatever that thing is. Get past it. You're really changing. It feels like you're not, but you're really changing things. Tell that flesh to shut up. I've offered my body a living sacrifice. Shut up, flesh. It's the Holy Ghost turn. Shut up, flesh. You're going to pray. Edessa, Edessa, Edessa. 
there's those times when you go away for a couple of days of prayer. After about a day, your flesh wears out. And you enter into a wonderful realm of pulling water from the wellsprings of life. And dipping in with that bucket. Life-changing experiences. Flows of power. And so did it. It said much less three days. Yeah, your life can mean something. You don't have to pass through this life. Never changing anything. Going from Sunday to Wednesday. Your life can change things. It can have objectives. You don't have to beat the air not knowing how to fight. You're giving him your authority. You're giving him an avenue to flow through and change things in Tulsa. And change things in sick people. In unborn again people's lives. You've given him authority to use what you have. To give him authority in this world to change things. In this earth to change things. To change things. To change things. Yes, your life can make a difference. And you're edifying yourself now to a place where you're so strong that the devil can throw hell at you and he can't get you past falling out of prayer. He can't do that. He, he can't get you past. He can't get you past that place to where, where he can where he can keep taking you out and taking you out. But God can work in you and work in you and work in you and get you past all them impasses to where he couldn't get you past before. It's a place where he changes things and makes you strong whenever what hell throws at you. It doesn't matter. doesn't matter. doesn't matter. You're going to survive. Don't you dare stop. Don't you stop. It's a standing 
That's right. That's right. You're starting to concentrate on the spirit now. You're setting longer periods of time. Your flesh, it's giving up. It's giving up. let it flow. Let it flow. He's changing things. He's changing things in your life right now. Right now. Right now. Nisa. Honka. Rokai. Rokai. Rona. Randai. Hadaka. Hororakai. Hongo kaketa badandeka. Ronga kukekayatasa. Elanasa. Enanandakala. Randara Korandara to Randara to Radora Dosa, Handara Kola Sora, Lelo Rimandu Selalai, Hela Sandra Kurasura, Madame Rasia Lala, Harajala Grasa, Harasarasa, Hela See, there'll be those times that you'll spend like three Thursday nights in a row just praying and praying and praying. And all of a sudden on that fourth one, you'll send the victory report and a wave of glory. 
glory will come through and pick you up in a place in Him. But you don't do these things in the natural. It isn't according to the flesh. You don't make hard intercession because you decided I'm going to do it. You yield yourself to the Holy Ghost and He does it. But them times and Thursday after Thursday He'll give victory and victory. As He gets us to the place where He can pour more and more of that prayer power through us. When it's hard to pray and the tongues don't want to come out and He's working personal impasses out of you. Those things that kept you out of prayer report before, He's working them out. Oh, but sometimes you slip over the deep groanings and cry and and the power flows through you. You stand in the gap for lost people. And then those times when you laugh and joy that you can't hardly stand flows through you. And that's victory reports coming through from the world of the Spirit saying, you have moved something. I 
Hanku kerutagi babel rukrabur bermo rusin dan cehiran ake. Hayuta hayu kurusuran resel kerja tu lendo. Hanas kenas ke hanas Rurururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururururur
krasa teda kadinsu de krasa osu krasa hedesa hai yus kada bosora iskalasa tetaskedesi etsuda sada ha oskurasa ha nera tsudo kurasu hade kurasa ha miduta da kurasa tetsu kurasa tetsu bedo bedo kurasa osu do kurasa yusu kurasa hade kurasa tehate de kurasa hatu desa hambara kom Elo moto leto haranda rata da kriatura barabara sokde chanda do grasi hedeske funa masada ya chala kalasa hrada rakra hragrekra hrangrakrasa hrangrekra darara ande ko tiskade mokalo busoto ko hau ndeske eskalo mabromoro sokde sendo kare surisi Hada sukrasa, deskrasa, sura shadorista, hostograsa, hrasindarasa, hostograsa dachal, hostograsa, yudiskrasa, dukrendaskrasuri, shore mura badavaske, nidiskrasa, rasa harasa, horaso harasa, horaso kuravarbedokrasa, harakrasa, Rasa to rasa to rasa, ra 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 Ensuda kurasa tu kurasa ha Ucuda ba Khadurasa Fugadasa ha Orasuhara ha For I have dispersed angels Into certain situations you see For you've been put on schedule To be set free Eskadasa harasa Adasuha And I'll break those things Against you that have raged Such war For these holy angels Are already in location And you're a thorn authority has released them to open the door for certain areas are being cleared of demonic activity you see and the operation of my kingdom shall replace them in your life glorious victory will be your testimony for you've been scheduled to be set free this is where I prosper you saith the spirit of grace this is where iron sharpens iron this is where you stand the test win in this and you'll win in the rest 
Yes, power, power. I desire you to walk freely therein. Oh, but character development, it's the fruit of my spirit that actually causes you to win. <laughs> Also, oh, grow strong in your character to stand within, to stand without. Go forward, stand against the enemy with no doubt, and you'll see what will carry you through is a character that says, I'll stand here forever to see this thing through. Yes, that's some good stuff. <laughs> You'll be getting past your first impasse and your character you'll grow when you come here when I'm not here to lead you. When you come here and present yourself to flow, to flow, to flow. You'll know your character's developing when I'm not here to lead you in prayer, but you turn out stronger than ever before. You'll be developing character, character. When you get to the place where you're not always having to be led into things, but you lead. You'll be more turned on over prayer than who's speaking down the street. You won't want to always go see a finished product. You want to become one. Not running to and throw here and there to see a finished product, but reporting to prayer and becoming one. A champion of the week, a devil stomper, a mountain mover. Authority, authority, you see. It's being executed by you and by me. For when you yield to me, I yield to you. It's my power through your authority that sees this thing through. Tell your body to shut up. Shut up. You don't rule here. The spirit rules. It's And we're going all the way into victory. And glory to God, we're taking you with us. In the middle of us. You need to come and be part of an organism. You need to come when you're weak. For those of you who have never prayed in the Holy Spirit for an hour, congratulations. Now you know you can do it. It is possible. 
You really can do it. And honestly, if you've done an hour, you can do two. It's so possible. You will be amazed. Didn't that hour go by quickly? Anybody else say that other than me? Didn't it go quickly? So the Lord uh, has a scripture to give us all to finish this, these sessions in the afternoon. But thanks be unto God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Amen. Let's all stand up together. Lift your hands. This last time, our time together in the afternoon has been so precious. I think we've all been upgraded, all increased in the value of praying in the Holy Spirit. I don't think you'll ever be the same. And now you know you have a life coach. You know, people pay hundreds of dollars for a life coach. We've got one right on, on YouTube that you can listen to. And Jesus said, will you pray with me for an hour? And there's your life coach for an hour every day. What is one of the biggest things I heard in this hour was prayer is the best thing your life has to offer. Let's all say that. Prayer is the best thing your life has to offer. And I felt in my spirit, we're just, we're just stepping into the summer of 2022. Will you pick up the mandate to pray in the spirit for an hour all summer long? You don't have to answer me, but I'd like you to, I'd like you to think about that and ask the Lord if that's you to pick up praying in the spirit one hour on a 24 every day this summer. Think what the Lord can do through you. I want you to think about it and see if it's valuable enough to you to do this. Amen? Father, we are so grateful for this time together. It has been beyond precious and really beyond anything that we really have a knowing about what you've done in us and through us and with us bringing us into a greater unity in the Spirit of God, letting us see, really, Father, your heart, and that we be about your will. Your will be done, Father. That is really our prayer, that your will be done. Father, we see in part, we understand in part, but you see the end from the beginning. You know it all, and we just want us... Uh, Partner in with you to get your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So have your way in our lives. Thank you for upgrading us in the value and the esteeming of praying in the spirit this week, Father. We are forever grateful. We thank you for all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus. Glory to God. Amen. We'll be blessed.